Good morning and welcome to Leadership with your host, Darrell Gunter, where we explore the many facets and best practices of leadership. Good morning, this is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership, coming to you from the beautiful campus of Seton Hall University on WSOU 89.5 FM. I'm very pleased to have in our studio today Michael Ojo, who is part of the Seton Hall Leadership Honors Program. Michael, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Darrell. Thank you for having me today. Uh, I just want to, you know, briefly just say I'm very glad to be here, and uh, I really will enjoy this experience. Well, today is going to be a different show because instead of me uh, being on the side of giving the questions, I'm going to be answering the questions as Michael uh, is going to interview me about my career for his program. But before we jump into that interview, Michael, I just have couple of questions. If you could share with our audience your background, how did you come to Seton Hall, and what are you uh, achieving through the Seton Hall Leadership Honors Program? Well, yes. Uh, first, I'll start off by saying I, I came to Seton Hall University because um, I uh, am a native uh, to South Orange, New Jersey, where I was born and raised. So being uh, living right around the corner from Seton Hall University, I was always uh, on the campus with my family and uh, since when I was growing up, I just knew this is where I felt like I wanted to get uh, a higher education, and I, re I really believed that this school really helped me academically. So uh, ever since then, it's just been a passion for, of mine to uh, come to this institution, so I'm glad to be here. Uh, I got into the, the Leadership Honors Program through, well, it's through the business school, and uh, actually, you actually apply for that when you're applying to be a freshman, uh, and you're enrolled into the Stillman School of Business uh, it's a it's a really great program. You get to meet a lot of great mentors. Uh, you get to do a lot of initiatives, and you really get your hand hands-on experience on uh, where you want to take yourself and your career. And I think it it really builds a lot of character, and it, it really helps uh, helps you really have some kind of guidance and track on where you want to take yourself uh, within the next twenty to forty years from now. And uh, currently, if I understand correctly, you're a junior here in the Stillman School of Business? Yes, I'm currently a, a junior in, in a finance focus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. Well, Michael, I'm going to turn the program over to you. Okay. Well, uh, as Darrell said, I will be doing an interview on him today. And I guess the first question I want to ask you, Darrell, is how did you decide on your career path? How did I decide on my career path? Well, there's, there's really not a short answer, but then again, I guess it is. Um, being the youngest of seven, growing up in the grocery store, Gunter's Market, in Atlantic City, New Jersey, um, I was always around business and always knew that I would be involved in business. And through a, a very significant change of events, I had the opportunity of attending Seton Hall University. And I immediately enrolled in the business, the business school, the Stillman School of Business. Right, and uh, from that part, how did you exactly know where, because you say business, and business is so vast. How did you exactly know? Did it take time to build on where exactly you want to go in, in, in business? You, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you know the story of uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears? Well, when I first came to Seton Hall in the business program, I was an accounting major. And um, I was about four courses through the accounting major. Then I switched to economics, and I was four courses through the economics major. And then um, I went, attended my first marketing class. And it felt so comfortable, and it felt so right that uh, I switched to become a marketing major and uh, obtained my Bachelor of Science in Business Administration concentration with marketing. Yeah. 
Oh, that's really great. I'm glad uh, you know you took that road. I actually uh, was also uh, accounting too, and I figured out it wasn't really for me, so mm-hmm. I'm sticking with the finance concentration. And I'm glad I, I did that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next question is, what was your most challenging career achievement, and how did you come about achieving that challenge? You know, th- there actually have been several, um, and uh, all of them um, had quite significance. But there was one early in my career when I was at Xerox. I was a door-to-door salesperson selling copiers, and I was struggling. Uh, after starting off having a good start at Xerox, I was struggling uh, during a particular summer of 2000, excuse me, of 1982. And um, I couldn't sell a, a kid an ice cream cone on a hot, sunny day. And uh, my, my position was on the line. And uh, I figured, let me reach out to one of my good friends uh, who was having a lot of success. I said, can you take some time to come join me on a call? And I remember we were in Linden, New Jersey, at uh, one of the union shops there. And I was going through my presentation and um, finished up the call. And um, went outside and said to uh, my good friend, I said, okay, so what do you think? He said, you know what, you were doing so good, but you didn't ask for the business. And I was like, wow. So I started asking for the business, and I went from being last to being ranked in the nation, in the top 20, and number one in my branch. Wow, that's a, that's a big achievement. That's a very big achievement. Next question I have, if you could change one thing about your current position, what would it be? I think um, in my current position with Colexus, being one of the executives that is virtual, uh, the one thing that I would change is I would like to be uh, in the same office with my fellow executives. And the reason is that um, being virtual is uh, has a lot of benefits, but also being away from your fellow team members, uh, you miss out on the incidental conversations, you know, the, the breakfast in the morning, the lunch conversations. Um, the, oh, I'm just walking by Darrell's office, let me jump in and share an idea with him. So that's the one thing about the experience that, um, that I would change. Okay. Jump in right to the next question. What are some inspirations that you had when you were attaining your undergraduate degree? Oh boy, there were several. Um, you know, uh, pledging my fraternity was an inspiration. I'm a member of Omega Sci-Fi fraternity. Okay. Um, they were the, the people uh, that were responsible for introducing me to Seton Hall, and the deal was, we get you in Seton Hall, you 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 know you're pledged to fraternity, um, and through my relationship with Omega Sci Fi fraternity, um, I became a leader on campus. Um, my sophomore year, I was president of my chapter, and then I ran for vice president of the resident resident student association, uh, which I won. I was I was a student senate. Um, captain of the Fenton team. It led to a host of leadership positions, of which, interesting enough, I ran for Chief Justice of the Interfraternity Council my senior year, and uh, out of 11 votes, uh, I got nine. So I was the Chief Justice. So um, all of those significant events led to my development as a leader here at Seton Hall. Uh, did you did you attain a master's after your undergraduate was uh, completed? I did. I did. Matter of fact, I was offered... Uh, a, a graduate assistance program here at Seton Hall um, to get my master's, to get my MBA. But one of my uh, professors, Professor Koslowski, who taught business policy, he had a, a major impact uh, on me at Seton Hall, and I asked him to be a reference for me. And he said, uh, Darrell, sure, I'll gladly be a reference for you, but 
I think it's time for you to leave home. I think it's time for you to go get some real work experience and then go back uh, to get your MBA uh, at another school. He says, it's very comfortable here. Everybody knows you. You know all the professors. I think you want to stretch yourself. So um, I went into the work war- workforce, um, Xerox for a couple of years, then over to Dow Jones. And then during my stint while I was in Chicago for Dow Jones, I decided it was time for me to go back and get my, my MBA. And my manager, who is a very dear friend and very dear mentor, who really uh, molded a lot of my uh, business etiquette, and professional skills, Bob Williams, who's now retired from Dow Jones. He was a graduate of the Lake Lake Forest Graduate School of Management. So um, Bob being like a father figure to me, I followed in uh, Bob's footsteps to Lake Forest Graduate School of Management, which was an executive MBA program, which was phenomenal because, phenomenal and tough because uh, you took two courses every 10 weeks and that was on Saturday and you had your regular full-time job. It's rough, it's really rough. Uh, what are some of your biggest strengths, and how did you gain gain them? You know, some of it's natural. Um, I love people, and my heart always goes out for the underdog um, because I was an underdog. So one of my strengths is being able to look at a tough situation and say, um, I can take it on, I can do it. Um, and sometimes um, that's to a fault, you know, and I would, that would speak to one of my weaknesses is sometimes I do – bite off a little bit more than I should chew. But it all works out. Um, but over the years of my life experience, I've been working towards that, that, that life balance. The, the other strength that I have that I think uh, God has, has given me uh, this capability is the ability to address conflict with people in a very um, professional and um, balanced manner. Um, I, I don't run from conflict. I embrace it. I try to understand it. I try to discern the other person's position. Um, and that's important today because uh, in dealing with um, so many different cultures, so many different values, people, people speak in different languages, um, to discern what they actually mean is a real art. And, and listening, I wouldn't say it's one of my best characteristics. It's certainly not one of my worst, but it's one of those characteristics that I constantly, constantly work on. You know, every year I, I have my annual physical, and Dr. Quinell, who's my uh, my doctor, when he gives me the ear test, he he reminds me to tell my wife that I passed the the hearing the hearing exam. But even though she might disagree, but um, but listening is such an important quality that uh, we all should uh, should work towards, and that's one of the things I work towards. But you know, and then to my weaknesses, as I said, sometimes. Um, I do take on a little bit too much. Uh, sometimes uh, I will beat something to death. I will work on a document because I want it to be so precise. And my wife will say, uh, draft number 39 was, 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 was probably good. Now you're on draft 99. So um, l- learning to accept what, what I have is, is more than good enough that it's best. And then, of course, um, sometimes I do work too many hours. Sometimes folks will get emails from me at 2 in the morning, and then they'll notice there will be an email from me from 7 in the morning. And, and rest is important. So, That's true. With, uh, with, with that being said, working a lot of hours, what are, what are some of your day-to-day tasks? How do you control completing your entire task on, on, on a timely yeah. manner? You know, completing tasks is always should be tied to your overall objective of what you're trying to achieve in your current 
uh, role, your current position. And I always l take a very strategic view that if I'm working on something, then it needs to tie back to my strategy, my company's mission. Yeah. Um, and that means that it has to be something that has been defined um, and something that you know is going to have a direct benefit for what you're doing. Now, if you're helping someone out because they're a friend, that's fine. You know, you, you know, and I think it's important to push to pay it forward by helping someone out. But you really have to organize your day, or your day will organize you. Um, email has been with us now for so so many years, and I still hear executives uh, talk about oh how their email is just overwhelming. And while I don't have the perfect answer, I I have found a way um, to manage uh, my email correspondence so that it doesn't interfere with my day-to-day -day work. A, a gentleman who was my executive coach, Winston Lau, uh, back in 2003-2004, gave me a very simple technique to use in how to manage my day. And what he did, is, quite frankly, he uh, had me inventory my day, say, okay, what are the activities that you're doing? Then he asked me to look at each activity and give it a value, whether it was urgent, whether it was very important, whether it was not important and not urgent. And the one thing I realized was that 90% of the things that I was working on during the day were not important and not urgent. And then the very serious stuff was, was that I would work on it, the urgent and important items, I would work on it from like 6 to midnight. When at that point, that's not your, your prime optimum uh, work efficiency. So... Um, and then he got me to really to look at that. So when I, I look at my day, uh, I really look at, hey, is this, first of all, is this germane to what I'm doing? Is it germane to our, my mission? And if it's very important and very important urgent, then it gets top priority. If it isn't, then it, then it doesn't. Sometimes um, some things just don't get attended to. Like there's some folks that I do business with, I, I really try to work with them on how to communicate with me in email. And I said, listen, this is what I'll do for you if you could do this for me. If, if, if you have a long conversation, you need to explain something, just, just, just give me a call. Let's get your appointment. Let's talk about it. Um, if there's some material you need me to read ahead of time, send me that material. But please do not send me several long dossiers of, uh, of, of what you're trying to discuss, of what you want to discuss with me. So I set my task um, on an annual basis, and I break them down to quarterly, and then I break them down to monthly, and then the weekly and the daily. And every week, I got a set of things I need to do. Okay. And, and, and they tie back to my overall annual objective. It sounds like a very efficient way to get things done, and um, I believe that it, it probably helps a lot. And I'm definitely going to use that uh, into my, my daily task as well. Um, with that being said, uh, with your current career and, you know, being so busy, where do, where do you see yourself going uh, within the next five to ten years? Where do you where do you see this all evolving to? Five years from now, uh, probably probably um, partner in a um, management consulting firm, um, or uh, being a pastor of a church, or doing both. Okay. Uh, with that being said, where where did you say you would be uh, five years before then, and have you reached yeah. the goals? Uh, 
Absolutely. That, that you you spoke know, of. 2003 was a was one of those crossroads um, that that I was facing at the time. Um, 2003, I had I had hoped to be in a particular position uh, at that time, and and I wasn't at that particular position. And then I um, asked my company to provide me with an executive coach to look at my SWOT analysis, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats facing Darrell Gunter. So they, they, they provided me with the executive coach. And at that point, I was well known in the industry that I was working in in regards to the customer base, but I was really not known in the information industry as I felt I should have. So then I set out a plan of action that within three to four years' time that I would be one of the main players in the information industry. Um, I would be in a new role doing something new and exciting. And um, I will be on my way to be an entrepreneur, which I've achieved all three. If you were to uh, go to my LinkedIn page, you'll see all the different um, organizations that, uh, that I belong to and that I'm involved with. I'll give you an example. Um, I am producing about 15, different, 15 to 20 different panel discussions across the uh, scholarly communications and the information industry this year where I uh, either moderate or speak on a panel or organize a panel. So I think that provides a folks with a certain degree of uh, comfort that I am an expert when we talk about information search and semantic technology and scientific publishing. With, uh, with, the, with all that being said, uh, being so active and being an entrepreneur, uh, what do you what do you consider to be the most important aspect of your career? The most important aspect of my career is twofold. One, um, leaving the business in a better shape than what I found it, and uh, helping people along the way. Right. And how do you? Uh, do that, leave the business in a better position mm-hmm. than how you found it? Um, actually, <laughs> be, you know, be, because business is, is, is very challenging, business is tough, um, you do a SWOT analysis of any business, there's always areas to improve. And identifying those areas and immediately improving those areas, that's what I do. So, um, you know, just do a SWOT analysis pick what are the three important things that need to change and improve the business and put together a plan of action that's going to achieve that and also establish a dashboard of metrics so you can ha- you can look at as to how you're going to measure success. That being said, how do you balance a successful career um, and also a stable personal life outside of the workplace? You, can, uh, you can't work. Uh, I, have, I have a phenomenal wife. Uh, my wife, Deb, uh, we've, we've been together uh, uh, married 17 years together, 19 years, and uh, when we met, um, we were both working at Dow Jones. I was a regional manager, and um, she was an account manager, and we both traveled, and um, we our friendship uh, developed, and then and then we were married. But um, she she's been she's been my rock, you know. When uh, when I think that I'm better than what I am, she humbles me. Uh, and then sometimes when I'm doubting myself, she reinforces me. And, um, yeah, and of course, along with my, my daughter, Bailey, uh, she's 12. Um, my family 
motivates me to always to be the best citizen I can be, to be the best person I can be, because um, I want them to be proud of me. How do you effectively communicate with your colleagues? You know, um, communication is very important, especially in this era of social media and email and all of this stuff. Um, I always communicate in a professional manner, and I and I and and, and I, I'm known to be uh, quite uh, the gentleman. You know, um, very seldom uh, do I, I. I think very seldom I'll raise my voice. Um, if I have a point of concern, you know, I raise it. I raise it without theatrics, and I always raise it from a business perspective, um, irregardless of how it might affect me personally. It's always looking at, well, how is this going to affect the business? Um, and um, you know, I greet everyone uh, with professionalism. You know, and I really genuinely try to get to know them and what what's important to them and and, and their family because we're all here working to, to provide for our families. Right. And when they see that the communication is coming across very sincere, um, and they know that your heart is always in the right place, that you're trying to achieve the right thing for the company, I think that helps out the communication. Right. Uh, you just you briefly mentioned uh, social media a little bit. Uh, speaking a little bit more about social media, um, how, how has the advancement of technology increased performance for, career, for your career on a day-to-day basis, not only social media, but oh, also yeah. smartphones, video chatting, et cetera. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Working for a technology startup like Colexis, three years ago, we were unknown. Um, no one uh, knew about Colexis. And we're a small company, so we have a very limited marketing budget. And the internet, social media, email, smartphones, it allows you to be more effective as a business person. I mean, think about it. I can meet with someone anywhere around the world via Skype. I can develop a relationship with them because we can have video. You know, you know, it, it's one thing developing a relationship over the phone. That's great, but when you add video to it, um, it makes the experience more enriching. Give you example. Uh, I'm producing a panel for the Society of Scholarly Publishers meeting annual meeting coming up in um, in June, and one of my panelists is going to be in Europe, and he's going to participate via Skype. Couldn't do that a few years ago and do it on a cost-effective basis. Also, um, there's Twitter, you know, and Twitter is really cool because uh, my competitors, they follow me on Twitter as I follow them. It's a mutual understanding, you know, try to stay abreast of what each other's doing. But also other people I do business with. So when something positive happens for Colexis, I'll send out a tweet. Very inexpensive. All it requires is my time and coordination. Same thing with Facebook. I mean, with Facebook, you can uh, set up an event, invite people to events. I did that three years ago at a digital. We had, we put on a knowledge discovery symposium in London, and I had people to register via Facebook. You know, Facebook didn't cost me anything; just my time. Um, and then there's LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of the most significant tools out there for a business person today because if you're trying to meet someone to to uh, present your product or service to and you don't know them well you can find out who within your network is linked to them and who knows who who knows who so the six degrees of separation work as well so it really allows um, a certain level leveling of the playing field in business was there ever a time in your career where you felt that you need to change uh, the 
your career course drastically? And if so, when was it? Uh, there was never a time that I felt a need to change my career choice drastically. Um, there was a time in my early 30s, my late no, my late 20s, early 30s, where I was going to go into government service, and I was thinking about working for the CIA or the DEA. And uh, my wife and I were dating at the time while I was in Chicago, and I was a volunteer police. I was on a volunteer police force in Dallas Grove, Illinois, while I was working full time. And she said, just curious, what's with this police thing? And I said, well, I'm thinking about a career in, uh, in the CIA to deal with white collar crime. And she said, hmm, CIA, I don't know if I want to be married to someone in the CIA. So um, immediately I uh, stopped my thinking and all my actions towards that and just focused on a business career. Which I believe I, I well I know I know I made the right choice. <laughs> okay. Uh, briefly, uh, how would you describe yourself uh, if I was just meeting you for the first time? What are some things or certain aspects that you would really key out about yourself and your personality? Uh, I, I think someone who is um, very confident about himself, someone who's very friendly, um, someone who appears to be outgoing, but truth is, I'm actually an introvert. I like to call myself a trained extrovert. Uh, I do enjoy people, and I do uh, love to learn about people. Um, I, I think it's someone who, who really cares about doing the right thing, someone who wants to make a change for the better, someone who wants to improve upon something. Throughout your career, what is one of the biggest lessons that you have learned? Forgiveness. Um, there's a phrase I like to use. Um, sometimes, some pe sometimes people lose their mind, and um, I'll never forget. I lost my mind with uh, my manager one time, Bob Williams, and um, Bob said, "Okay, Darrell, why don't you uh, take the rest of the day off and think about what you just said, and come back and talk to me tomorrow?" Now, he was sitting in New York. I was in my office in Los Angeles. And I called him back 30 minutes later, and I says, you know, Bob, I don't, I don't need time to think about this. I said, um, I apologize. It, it was very unprofessional of me, and um, I've learned a lesson from that. And he says, I know why you're upset. I know you're very passionate about what we were discussing, but sometimes in business, you just have to take it on the chin. And what I learned from that is forgiveness and also learn that um, when things don't go your way, so what? You know, you have to take it and just come back and play another day. What is your biggest achievement uh, of your career? Ooh, the biggest achievement of my career. Um, personally, my biggest achievement was my wife and the birth of my daughter. Uh, professionally, wow, there's, there's, there's been several because I've been blessed. I mean, I've been very blessed that um, I was hired at Xerox. And some people might wonder about this, but I think one of my biggest achievements was being hired by Xerox because I was rejected like seven times. I was like, I just kept going back. It's like, we, what can we do to get rid of this guy? 
And uh, I'll never forget Alex Jaworski, who was the sales planning manager for Xerox, who believed in me. But for whatever reasons, the, the, the sales managers in the ISD division felt that I wasn't right. Uh, he introduced me to Andy Javine, who is the sales planning manager for the business product division. And she came out and she said, you know, I've been seeing you here back and forth interviewing. I said, well, you know, I'm just not going to take no because I know that I can sell your products. She had me interview three managers that day and offered me a job that day. And for me, that was, I graduated from Seton Hall, I think it was May 15th, May 16th, and I was running out of money. I had $300 in the bank. I was living in a professor's room of his house, and um, I was, money was tight, food was tight. And uh, I think it was like July 4th that they hired me, uh, July 3rd, that I was hired. And I called my brother up and uh, my older brother, and we went to White Castles and celebrated, you know. So, but that proved to me that I could get it done. And that experience stayed with me and stays with me today to tell me no matter what the odds, no matter what the challenges, I can get it done. Nice. With that being said, uh, you have truly been blessed in your career and, you know, had a track record of success. Um, it takes a lot of persistence, and uh, you definitely have to have a strong will and never give up. Uh, but if you did have that opportunity to uh, start over from the beginning, uh, is there anything particular that you would change, if not erase everything and start over? Uh, well, first of all, I, I would have uh, been a better student in high school. Um, second of all, I, I, I probably um, would have gone to... Uh, graduate school a little bit sooner and um, I could have easily have uh, now now you know uh, hindsight is 2020 but um, I probably would have chosen to go work for McKinsey which is a uh, major consulting firm well I would like to uh Thank you very much for uh, your time. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope uh, everyone takes a lesson from this. I know I certainly did, and uh, this is something that's going to help me in my career as well. So I really want to thank, thank you again for your time and uh, your patience with me. Oh, Michael, it's my pleasure. And I'll tell you, it's inter interesting sitting on the other side of the mic being interviewed. And I want to thank you, and really best success to you in your Seton Hall uh, Leadership Honors Program. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it, folks. I think you know more about me than you might have known before. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership. And remember, leadership begins with you.